Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneur's, and you can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. Uh, today, I'd like to welcome with us Rogue Wood Fired Pizza Company. How are you guys doing today? Marty Peak and Nick Lane from Pennsylvania. How are you doing? Lancaster. We're doing awesome, man. Thank you so much for having us on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Sorry, guys. If anyone, I'll fill in the audience. I stumbled over the intro a couple of times. So we're finally on the right track. Um, let's talk about your guys' story. Let's dive right into it. And and I've heard a bunch of your story beforehand. And you guys have sent me the pre-prep uh, questions. So I have a lot of information. And I have a lot of sub-questions based off of those. So I think we're going to have a pretty packed episode here. So... What I would really like to start is you have a lot of family history um, in both your stories. So let's start there. Let's not go all the way into the pizza concept yet. Let's just really talk about this family history that you guys have in in what leads up to uh, Roguewood Pizza Company or Roguewood Fire Pizza Company. Excuse me. So um, at least my family um was somewhat entrepreneurial. My grandfather was like a, a share crop farmer back in the day and then started his own feed and uh, fertilizing business. Um, my mom, who was never an entrepreneur, always worked for people, um, ended up getting laid off from a company and that actually pushed her into starting her own accounting business. Um, so that's kind of the only background that my family has as far as uh, entrepreneurs. But I know Marty has a lot. Marty, you want to take your part? Yeah. Um, well, talk to me a know, little bit about your your drive as a human. Like, what were your high school years like? What was your family dynamic like? Because, I mean, for you to start a business, for someone to trust you as a business partner like Marty, like, give me a little bit of that. Did you play sports growing up? Like, was there team building like what what were the things that sort of teed you up for the venture of being in the pizza truck yeah so um me personally i played sports um mainly like elementary to just the start of high school um always always enjoyed sports and then um when i was like 13 or 14 somebody decided they wanted to pay me a little bit of money for some work and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and kind of went away from... Yeah, I think that's your pivot point that I was trying to find out where it was. There's somewhere along there where I'm like, something happened. And yeah, so I went, I, I went away from the, you know, playing basketball on the team to, holy crap, this is fun. Uh, you know, a summer job and they'll let me work four hours of overtime. Um, you know, making five fifty an hour, thinking you're on top of the world. Um, and that was, that was what I liked to do. You know, after school, I was at work all the time. Um, and I just kind of started getting into this business mentality. It was, it was a pool business, but they had me running, you know, like the warehouse and, and stuff like that. So they kind of let me do my own thing and, and, you know, really run with the position that they gave me. And I worked there for a number of years and um, just wanted to keep going in business and keep, you know, 
just working. I, I just enjoyed working at that point. Yeah, every I hear everyone use this term now, and I've, I, honestly, it's really weird because I, being in the entrepreneur space, I've never actually heard the term until about the last three months. But I think it's probably been around for a long time, and which is called an intrapreneur, which is where you're given a lot of free reign internally in a company, and you sort of in your story, whereas like you're an entrepreneur now, but you develop those skills by being an intrapreneur within another company, and so. I think there's probably some of that there based on your description um, of well, your with, experience. With me, yeah, with me personally, that's the only type of work that I can do. I don't, I don't enjoy working for people per se. Um, I don't think I'm a very good employee. Whether you know my job performance is great, I just like telling myself what to do, creating my own goals, um, and really pushing myself that way. Well, and here's, and I agree with you on this um, thing. I've mostly my entire life, even from when I was a kid and mowing lawns, worked for myself, but I have worked for other people here and there just to see what it was like. And I've worked in some corporate jobs here and there and internships just to see what it was like to, to try to take those things back to my own companies also. And, um, and I'm in agreement with you. One of the things is, is listen, <clears throat> This is what I don't understand about the world, but here's a whole other thing. Like, I go into the office, if I am in the slightest not enjoying my day or my job, I'm a terrible employee. And it really, that's the way that I feel. Like, for me personally, that doesn't mean I feel that way about other people. But for me personally, like, if I'm not giving you 100% or I'm not totally into this, then this isn't for me. And the thing, the thing about it is, is the problem with that is I don't like being told what to do. And being... A solution-driven kid or, or business-minded kid or almost a rebellious kid for lack of a better term you are always trying to find different solutions that doesn't mean I was trying to take advantage of someone okay I want to make a difference in today's world because today's world everyone thinks rebellion is to try to take advantage of someone that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is I was rebellious in the way that I was trying to find better solutions because I wanted to make more money I was a little more money driven as a kid. I didn't figure out that you need to be more human growth oriented and do the right thing. And then the money just comes as the trophies. But we all make this mistake as youth because, or in our younger years, because our whole world that we live in is all based off of money. So we don't, we miss the common fact that actually really wealthy people are just really mostly kind, giving, generous people. We pick on the ones who are not, and then we use them as examples of why wealth is bad. But a majority of the people that have wealth that you never hear about because they're humble individuals and their their field is not in being public figures or building their personal brands. You know, they're generally kind people that grew humans and grew businesses and created jobs for people. So <clears throat> at least in the modern era, I think people exploit people and all that. So don't get me wrong. I no, like 100% the interest- agree. Yeah, 100% agree with everything you said there. Especially, you know, I feel like you're probably my long lost brother with how you described your your childhood. But yeah, and um, I mean, I think there's a lot of it's hard to be in school, right? I mean, I did well in school because I figured out the game pretty quickly. If I were to be totally honest, like I knew how to game the system from a very young age. Like I knew how to get good grades, and I but I knew how to do what I wanted to do and learn what I wanted and learn what I thought was important for life in the real world, like. 
still to this day, I can't even remember a social studies class. I know I probably did pretty well in them, but I don't have any freaking clue on earth what purpose that class had in my life. Like, I couldn't figure it out because by the time we were studying this stuff, the world had changed. Like, the Berlin Wall was down. Why are we studying Germany being divided into two parts? Like, what is going on here? But it's just those type of things or random facts. So, I agree. Anyway, I'm on a tangent. So, Marty, let's talk about your story. Um, Let's talk about your background. You have a little bit more of a food background, a little bit more of a family in this space per se. Um, so let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I'll uh, I'll kind of start with my my whole um, my background on kind of how I got that entrepreneurial mindset. But uh, I've uh, I played lots of, lots of sports when I was younger. Um, I wrestled, played hockey, uh, and very uh, had a very disciplined uh, mindset. Um, I've worked at a younger age from like you said when you were younger mowing grass raking leaves shoveling driveways anything i can do to make a few bucks um i think the the one moment in my life that really when i really was able to put that entrepreneur hat on was uh when i was about 12 13 years old um i lived uh, i just moved to lancaster pennsylvania Uh, i lived behind a golf course and what I did was uh, I was always getting golf balls in my backyard, in my pool, in my backyard. And, you know, golfers are always looking for their golf balls. So I started to go out and I, well, I really wanted this mongoose bike and my parents weren't going to buy it for me. It was like $350. Like a mongoose decade pro or something. We might be around the same age or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. That's what I needed to. I was, I wanted the mongoose bike for real, a pink one that's- out of all colors. All my friends had, you know, all my friends had a, a bike and I wanted this bike and my parents wouldn't get it for me. So every night I would go out on the golf course and I would walk around in the bushes along the uh, banks of the ponds and I would gather golf balls and like I would have a wagon with me. I'd fill, uh, you know, three or four or five gallon buckets up. I'd bring them home and I would clean them, I'd scrub them with toothbrush and bleach. I would put them in egg cartons that my family and friends would keep for me. And then I would go out onto the 17th hole in the mornings on Saturdays and Sundays, and I would sell them. I would sell them by the dozen, sell them by the ball. And I would do that almost every weekend. And for, as I was, when I was off of school summertime, I was, I mean, people were, they weren't even buying golf balls at the shack anymore. They would come the whole 17, sometimes even before they would tee off. And they would buy golf balls from me because they're buying their golf balls back, essentially. So I made an. This is awesome. They're paying for the golf balls twice, by the <laughs> way. Just not maybe directly for the same ball, but basically if they play the course enough, they're playing for the, the golf maybe even three times. Exactly. So I made enough money to go out and buy my, my mongoose. And, um, you know, sadly enough, I've, I bought my mongoose, had it for a week, uh, left it out front. Uh, went to bed, woke up, and it was stolen. Could not find it. I, I don't know who stole it to this day. But I went out and worked my butt off again doing golf balls. And I bought another mongoose and a lock <laughs> and made sure that I took care of that mongoose. But that mindset of working hard for your money, buying something that you want, and then you weren't just given it or you didn't just – someone didn't buy it for you. You earned it. And I took care of that bike, and that bike lasted me years. Um, 
and from that point on, I, you know, I've always just wanted to work hard and, you know, head down, grind and, you know, setbacks will hit you in life. And they have, you know, for me numerous times, but you just keep chugging forward. And that, that really, that moment of working hard and really starting to gain that mindset of, you know, hard work, you know, will, will pay off really was the, the cornerstone of, you know, me really having that entrepreneurial mindset. Uh, as a background with my family, I grew up um, around uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, my great-grandfather, um, he worked in the trucking industry for most of his life, but when he retired, he got bored and he started a little business making raviolis and stuffed shells and manicotti in his basement. And he sold them to people in in the community and local restaurants in the, in the 1980s. Um, my grandfather, uh, he owned and operated a restaurant in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. It was a local family restaurant called the food factory in, uh, in the 1970s. Um, my mother, uh, she owned uh, her own salon for about 10 years, uh, in Hazleton. And while she was uh, working at her salon, she was taking classes uh, to become a teacher in cosmetology. She, uh, she ended up selling her business back in uh, 1996 when we moved to Lancaster, um, and that's when she began her, began her career uh, as a teacher. Um, and there's two, you know, moments in my life where I really started to, you know, 15, 16 years old. Um, I was working for my uh, best friend's dad, who I call Mr. Joe. He, he owns a, a home improvement business. And he started that when he was 20, but he would pick me up or I would ride my bike to his house and I would work um, weekdays or weekends, um, you know, as much as I can with him. And just hearing his story all the time of, you know, me being 15, 16, I'm curious uh, how he got started and, you know, seeing him build, do stuff for people and the smiles on their faces and the pride he took in his work that really opened up my eyes to, man, like, look, he's so happy. He's working for himself. He's, he's making people happy. That's awesome. And uh, when I met my wife back in 2010, uh, her father, my father-in-law, Gary, um, you know, he owns an HVAC company. He started it back in 1997. Uh, prior to that, he worked for other companies in the refrigeration industry. He worked for uh, PPL. But the economy got tough. And they were doing layoffs. So he got nervous and ended up a gentleman he worked with. His son was also interested in kind of starting this business. So they started this HVAC company. And now to this day, it's a multi-million dollar HVAC company. It's, um, you know, my wife actually runs the company. But hearing his story and seeing him now and even seeing how that family business runs, it's just it's eye-opening to me. And it's like, man, that's so great. You can be your own boss. Like Nick said, you can set your own goals. And, you know, yeah, it's hard work and there's a lot to it. But, I mean, it pays off. And just uh, th those are just little things and, and only some things in my life that really gave me that, you know, that mindset of, hey, maybe one day I can own my own business. Maybe one day I can be my own boss. Yeah, let me – I want to pause you there. Um um, be your own boss. I just want to make a note here. You're like uncapping your own potential, basically. But I want to come back to that. Um, okay. 
I want to go back one to the bike. Like the bike thing's an interesting thing. I know exactly what it is. And I my bike was stolen this but I got it when I was seven and I took it I literally had it with me and took it to college and took it into my fraternity house and I actually the bike was stolen out of my fraternity house and I actually figured out who stole it two years later by totally an accident by a photograph because Facebook became available and people were doing photographs and videos and it happened to be in the background of the video and a couple photographs from a party of this particular fraternity brother. And so I've never said this out loud, but I know who you are and I'm and <laughs> I'm Italian. And so like this whole thing where revenge is best served cold, like it's one of those things that here's how it works. I just wait. I know what happens here. Like I don't need revenge. I don't need resentment. But I know that one day life will present me with a situation where it will even things not in a bad way, but in a way that I will be witness to that the universe just puts things back in check. So eventually I will get a get the bike back. I've actually in the process of getting a bike just like it because they're rebuilding BMX bikes like it's going out of style right now. If anyone wants to go on Instagram and you're in BMX bikes, look at all the classic bikes that are being refurbished and rebuilt by all these guys on the internet that are from our era, like the 80s, 90s. It's pretty awesome. But either way, I know who you are, and at some point, we'll deal with that. But my point being this on this topic is life gives you situations and presents you with things that make you work harder. Like, I can't imagine what it was would have been like to work that hard, get the bike, and then have it stolen so quickly. Like, I don't know if the ambition would have still been there after that. Like, it would have been really hard to just be like, wow, I worked really hard and that sucked and I lost everything overnight. You know, so I think that that's a big step in who you are, which brings me, what's your heritage, Marty? Uh, I, I'm an Italian. Okay. Um, uh, Italian, German. Uh, interesting. You're a very similar background to me. Like, my, I'm all Italian on my dad's side, but I have like German, Dutch some Native American, Northern African, Middle Eastern, like all mixed in to the other side. We're a little bit mud, I would say, and uh, for lack of a better term. And um, so it's interesting because I feel like also the two of you, like there's like Lancaster's Pennsylvania Dutch, and I picked that up like Nick's got his strong values, but there's also that Pennsylvania Dutch Protestant values, which is like, I'm going to work for myself. Like I'm a free person. Freedom's been here since day one. This is how Pennsylvania was formed. And there's just that value that's there. Okay. And then you have the Italian background, which is like my father and you guys are almost like similar to like a lot of Pennsylvania uh, business people or, or couples or whatever that came in that sort of mix in this way. And I'm not sure what Nick's heritage is. So, but I like this. I think there's probably a compounding American dream value there, probably being Italian. And I think that both of you have a drive to make your lives better than they were, or at least it's been instilled in you. So I like that. Um, Let's go to uncapping your own potential. This is one of the things that really I talk a lot about with um, young entrepreneurs or musicians or athletes I mentor or coach because I say mentor because they teach me as much as I teach them weirdly even though I'm the whole point of them coming to me is because they want to grow but they teach me a lot too interestingly and one of the things is like visioning yourself as I am that person it's not that uh, it's 
you know, a lot of the problem is, is we don't see ourselves as the astronaut anymore, like we did as a kid, or we don't see ourselves as the president anymore. And then therefore, where it's like, it's impossible, that's never going to happen for me, or someone tells us it's not possible. The, the difference is, like in a lot of individuals, and it's not a skill set, it's not an intelligence, it is discipline, consistency, and, and um, determination, like those three things matter. But it doesn't have to do with what you're born into, what your situation is, or anything like that. The entrepreneurial spirit and entrepreneurial ingenuity to provide a solution is what most artists, musicians, actors actually use to get out of their situation. They don't do it with just their skill. They use entrepreneurial ingenuity and build businesses that help lift them to where they want to be in their individual skill. You see gym, people in CrossFit do it all the time. They build a CrossFit gym. So it lifts them into a CrossFit athlete. And so there's a lot of that. And so I just want to anchor that for everyone. We see this world, we see fame, we see Instagram fame, you know, which I don't know how, like what impact that has or how long that stays around or, or what that looks like based on the world and the world I live in. But it's got to be anchored to real businesses. And it's got to be anchored to something that drives revenue and you have to diversify. And so that's believing you can be something other than whatever it is you're doing. Like you have to believe that in this case, HVAC, I see people that are succeeding. I believe that I can succeed and make a difference also. And I think that's a huge impact. And what happens in that case is we start asking ourselves the right question. And we start advocating for ourselves we start realizing that no one believes in our dream more than we we do and no one ever will and we realize that we can be whatever we want to be because other people have done the same thing and while there's few of them the only difference is the mindset and that's true you can learn anything like we're malleable humans like everyone's like oh we can we stop learning once we get out of college i've heard that a thousand times i'm like why magically at 22 do we stop learning like that just seems like that like the brain just stops oh 25 men's brains stop growing i've heard that one huh i'm pretty sure i can absorb and memorize things that happen after i'm 25 so of course you can keep growing guys like it's one of those things where your brain's totally malleable for life and so that being said you can unlock your own potential at any point in time. So let's get to your story, Nick and Marty. Like, how do you guys meet each other? How do you know each other? Like, what happens to get you into Rogue Wood Fired Pizza Company? Like, it's, you know, I see the entrepreneurial spirit and I see the rebellious ingenuity that I'll call it. And so where do you go from here? So I guess... When Marty and I met each other, it was Marty. Marty was friends with um, a good friend of mine that I grew up across the street with. Um, they went to school together. I'm two years older than Marty, um, and I just met him. I I can't even. What would you say? Like fourteen, fifteen, once or twice. Um, and it wasn't until probably college age um, that I actually met marty um and hung out with him and and um knew that i liked this person he was he was a good guy you know he's going to become one of my friends oh so um, you guys knew each other before you started slinging pies together 
like before yeah, the whole venture? We've, yeah, we've known each other for a while. Um, probably the last, I'd say, what, like four or five years. Um, we've gotten really close, um, hang out countless times, um, you know, get together um, for holidays, all that, all that good stuff um, that you would do with some of your absolute best friends. Um, the the pizza thing didn't come around until just last summer. Um, that's when we really started doing the pizza thing. Honestly, I, other than making, you know, like the store bought pizzas, I, I never made a pizza before last summer. Yeah, I think, uh, it was uh-huh. basically around 20 or yeah, 2013 is when I really met Nick down at my buddy's beach house. And, um, uh, like Nick said, we hung out and we instantly just clicked. Um, and we, we hung out various times, like out, you know, going out around town or, or whatever, but it was, uh, you know, we'd been best really good friends now for five or six years. But when this whole pizza thing came up, it kind of just happened. Like I knew Nick worked in the restaurant industry and had a very business like mindset. Um, and me, I don't, think I really have a business like mindset. I'm learning this as we're growing now in our business, but I've had that, that drive to work hard and, you know, just keep on pushing forward. So I think we both really balance each other out really well. But, uh, yeah, we, we both, I bought a little oven. I was making pizzas and I was sending it to Nick and I was sending it to, you know, our group chat. And, uh, I kept doing that. I was just like making, you know, really crappy pizzas in my backyard. Uh, I went to Florida, sending more pictures to Nick. And finally I get back and he sends me a picture of a, of a pizza oven. I'm like, what's that? And he goes, you're not the only pizza man in town. And I started laughing and he's like, Hey, this weekend, let's, uh, just let me just, let's pause for a second. Like one gets a pizza oven. The other one gets a pizza oven. Is this, is there a competitive nature between you guys? Or is it just something like, Hey, I want to try this because Marty's doing it. Like, how do you go about this, Nick? Because I'm like, I, I just want to, and I'm sorry to interrupt you guys, but it was like, how do I, I just want to understand this because as friends, you're obviously close, but now there's almost a competitive nature by the comment. You're not the only pizza guy in town. Oh, there's a hundred percent a competitive nature. Um, and that, that's me in general. If anybody says they can do something, I'm like, well, I'm going to do it or I'm going to do it better. Um, and that's just how I was always raised. But, um, yeah, he sent me that pizza oven and I always had dreams of, you know, building my own pizza oven in the backyard. And I literally have sketches from probably 10 years ago of how I'm going to construct this thing out of bricks and everything like that. And he sends this picture and I was Dude, like, you this, are my this long mother. lost brother. Holy yeah. fuck. I know exactly what you're doing right there. I literally have those sketches probably still in my notebook right now from about 12. Yeah, And ago. one day it's going to happen. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. build, build my sketch. But yeah, as soon as Marty sent me that, I'm like, this guy's trying to step on my dreams. Um, but no, not really. But, you know, boy, boy nature, we're always competitive with, with each other. Um, yeah, but I it think just it's so healthy happens for boys to be can, competitive, right? Sorry yeah, to interrupt. Marty and I can cha- uh, channel that into something positive, and that's exactly what this was. Um, you know, I, you I nailed it right there. Bought... Sorry, Nick, I keep interrupting you, but I think you nailed no, it right there. Man. It's healthy, positive competition that grew you both. And you've your friends, and it wasn't 
in a way to knock down each other's building, you actually made each other's buildings bigger together, you know, which benefits you both, which you'll prove in a second. But I just want to anchor that point. Sorry, go ahead. I love your story. I'm very excited about this. Yeah. So, you know, he, he got this oven and I don't remember Marty. Did we, did we try it that one weekend? I think we tried it before I went and bought mine. I think we cooked, we cooked on yours and his was like this pellet stove. Um, and it just was wild. Like the fire was coming out of where it wasn't supposed to. It was just, the thing was wild. And I just happened to be online and I'm researching these things because that's what I do. Once I get a bug in my head, I just go down a rabbit hole and I learn absolutely everything I can about it. And then I turn that into, you know, whatever. But we tried his pizza oven. Then he went on vacation and he actually took the oven with him. So he's cooking on vacation too, which was pretty cool. Um, But I was up at, two o'clock in the morning in bed, you know, your mind's wandering and I'm just like, screw it. I'm buying a pizza oven. Um, so I sent him the pictures when it came in and that next weekend we set them both up and we're out there making what we think's the world's absolute greatest pizza. The thing was either football shaped or arrowhead shaped. I don't even know. Oh, we were on top of the world. I mean, Oh yeah. No one made better pizzas than us. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course, I love it when that happens at first. <laughs> I love oh, it. We're out there dancing, eating our pizza. We're thinking it's the greatest thing. I think the first one I ever launched, the thing folded over, so I made like a stromboli. It was, it was, uh, it was definitely fun. Um, and then it became, a, it became another competition that he would make his dough that week. I would come in, I would make my dough and then we'd meet on Saturday and we'd say, Oh, well, what did you come up with this week? And what did, what did he come up with? And literally the first thing we focused on was how do we make our dough better and better and better? Um, so each week, you know, his wife, Brittany, you know, she's probably rolling her eyes if she hears this, but <laughs> she was literally, you know, our Guinea pig and, he's like, well, what do you think of this one? Well, what do you think of this one? And I'm like here. And she's like, Oh, I like this aspect of this one. I like this. So she actually helped us, you know, grow in, in our creations there too. I like you guys put a huge smile on my face. I'm really glad I met you guys in this podcast. Like, I feel like you guys are like my, my background weirdly meshed into a, like an entrepreneurial story. And so like, the dough thing, um, and Marty, maybe you'll talk, you could mention it as you pick up, like, talk to me about how much tweaking you have to do, like, how important the dough is in pizza, because we do a lot of, pizza is such an important part of the diet around the world now. I mean, so many pizzas are sold. I don't think there ever could be enough pizza businesses, because it's just crazy, because people like such specialties. So how do you go about this? Like, how are you... And then Marty, I guess, how how is your wife handling all the pizzas suddenly? You're like, one day she's like coming home, everything's normal. Next day, you guys are full-fledged pizza connoisseurs. (laughs) I'll be honest, uh, like Nick is the one that has the the foodie tongue. I mean, so to me, I'm like, this is great. And then Nick would be like, well, it's good, but, and he would explain to me, 
you, you know, this is a little saltier. This, do you get it? Do you, do you taste a hint of this? And I, oh yeah, I, I do. I get it now. So it was really like us trying it. And I, I would be like, man, this is great. And Nick would be like, well, let's make this tweak. Let's try this. So we would make that tweak. And next week we would try it. And again, I would be like, this is great. And Nick would be like, oh yeah, but let's, let's try this. What about if we back this down and add this up? And so it really was a, just an iterative pot process of just changing little things every week. No big dramatic changes, just little tiny tweaks on week after week until we finally figured out that, hey, this this is this is now perfect. Well, that's because and I had to focus you. You were yes, making – when we first started out, Marty's making huge swings, and he's like, oh, well, I put this much salt in this week. This time I put no salt in. I did this. I did this. And I'm like, dude, how do you know what you're doing? And he's like, well, what do you mean? So it was really getting getting him into the, the chef mindset of, you know, how do you make things better by knowing what you did wrong? Because Marty's a fireball. He goes through and he just wrecks, wrecks shit. Um, if you tell well, I him – I should add this. I should add this. I have ADHD, so it's very <laughs> hard for me <laughs> to stay focused. So Nick is my my he channels me in to say, "Hey Marty, let's you know this is what the task at hand. This is what we're going to focus on, and I'll do it, and I will you know do yeah. very good at it." But I got to sometimes I need to be led into that path of, "Hey, let's you know we're we're not going to save the world in one night." You know what I mean? We're gonna now Marty's definitely the he's my workhorse. You know, I can literally be like, we need to do X, Y, Z. He's like, it's done. What's next? Yeah, I think that actually the entrepreneurial journey you guys are on or is going to um, provide a solution that's actually going to unlock the superpower of you having A-H-A-D. I can't say all the letters. Like, you'll ne- I'll never get all the things right, and I mess up sayings also. So don't ask me to, like, say, like, a bear poops in the woods or something or whatever. I guess that when I got right. And, um, <laughs> and so it's, um, it's things like that. And so, um, Marty, let's go into this. Like, how's your wife handling all this? Like I, I, the fireball thing I want to get back to and comment. I want to just continue the story for a second. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, at this point we're, we're doing stuff at my house. So, I mean, Nick is literally over, probably a couple days during the week and every weekend and probably Friday nights and Saturday nights and probably some Sundays in there too. So for weeks on end, Nick, I mean, my wife would joke around like, Hey Nick, are you just going to, you know, move in at this point? And here, like, we'll give you a bedroom and you can just live here because he was over so much. Um, and we were just doing this. There was definitely frustrations because, you know, we're in the house and we're in the kitchen making a mess and, but at the same time, we're, we're having a good time, and I really think she enjoyed it. Um, but after weeks on end of, what are we doing this weekend? Well, honey, I mean, Nick's coming over, and we're making pizza, and we're drinking beer. I mean, obviously. So well, What else is there to do? I want to just say it's <laughs> unusual that men have men-to-men healthy relationships where it's not just going to a bar drinking or it's not just going out and – wasting time doing something you guys are actually pursuing something like you're pursuing something for growth you don't know what it is yet but it's a little bit different than just going to see a baseball game right i not to take anything away from that and male bonding in that way but what i'm you guys are on a little bit of like 
for her, she she probably sees that there's a little bit of a drive here and maybe potential in what you guys are doing, right? I think she did because after... Like, I feel like women's intuition sometimes kicks in and they just know even though they don't know. You know what I mean? And they're very supportive of these type of things. And I'm stereotyping a little bit, but that's my experience. Yeah, I think you're right. I think she saw that Nick and, and I were enjoying this so much. And every week it was getting better. And I think she, there probably was a moment where it clicked and she was like, wow, like they're, they're not just doing this for a week or two and then moving on to something else. Like they're actually like doing this week upon week upon week. And she saw the, you know, the, the attention to detail of what we were doing. So yeah. And honestly, you, you nailed it when you said, we were on a pursuit to this business adventure that honestly, I didn't think anything of it. I thought we were just making pizzas, having a good time. But after a while, I just turned to Nick and I'm like, Nick, like we've been doing this for, you know, 16 weeks now making pizzas in my backyard. Like, do you think there's something like we can do? And Nick instantly without hesitation was like, of course there is. And I I fucking I fucking love it I am just I'm blown away by the two of you like we're like peas in a pod it may be because we grew up in the same area roughly but I'm just like I I I can see Nick doing this because I'd be like oh it'd be like the Rocky Balboa movie Rocky 2 just to be exact where Adrian finally has the baby and and she looks to Rick Rocky's like he's like yo Adrian you know if you don't want me to fight Apollo again you know I don't have to and she's like (laughs) Rocky, I want you to do one thing for me. And she's like, when? And he's yeah. like, and he like perks up because now she's finally supporting him. And the the manager's like, what are we waiting for? That's what I feel like this just, just happened here. Like Nick had a moment. Like he's like, yep, what are we waiting for? We're on this. I've been thinking about this for a long time. Sorry, but I just, I love your guys' energy. Uh, go on. So what happens here? 16 weeks. You're like, is there something here? Nick's like, of course there is. So we actually had a neighborhood garage sale and I said, this is, this is good. So we had a neighborhood garage sale and I'm like, Hey dude, let's sell, let's make a couple pizzas and sell them at the garage sale. And on top of that, Nick Nick throws out, he goes, all right, yeah, we'll make some pizzas, but you know, the garage sale is going to start early. So we'll make wood fired bagels and we'll make breakfast sandwiches and we'll do all this. And I'm in, I'm like, Nick's in, I'm in. So he literally comes over to my house at four o'clock in the yeah, three, four o'clock in the morning, and we make bagels and everything bagels, plain bagels. We're cooking bacon, sausage, we're getting everything set up. So we get out in the front my front yard, we got this canopy set up. We are so pumped and ready to rock and roll. I think from nine o'clock in the morning till about one o'clock in the afternoon. We sold 20 pizzas, maybe five or six breakfast sandwiches. We made like 400 bucks and we were Fortune 5. Yeah, we were Fortune (laughs) 500 company. We're ready to take over the world. And um, I mean, how stressed. I mean, it was the kitchen was a disaster. My, My wife was like, I mean, we had flour everywhere. We had, you know, pots and pans everywhere. We made 
I mean, we made enough breakfast sandwiches for 50 people. We made enough pizzas for the whole neighborhood. <laughs> we sold 20 pizzas and like seven breakfast sandwiches. I mean, it was, but to it's us. It's better than zero. It's better than exactly. zero. Well, so the other part too is it's like Marty's first like real restaurant, you know, release to the world and really had no restaurant experience before that. And me, I had worked at multiple restaurants, you know, I had owned a restaurant. Um, so a busy service to me, it's like another walk in the park. Well, so we get out there and the first person comes up and they're like, Oh, I'll take a, you know, bacon, egg and cheese on a bagel. We're like, cool. So we've got our bagels that we've baked and we're already tired and it's like eight or nine in the morning. And so I go to cut the bagel and I end up nicking my, my thumb. And obviously if you worked in a restaurant, you know, as soon as you cut yourself, you put everything down, you go, you wash your hands, you get the bandaid, do all that stuff. Marty freezes. He's like, what do I do? And I'm like, I'll be right back. He stands there tapping on the, the Blackstone <laughs> griddle with the, with the spatula acting like he's doing something until I get back. He comes out and he goes, so what, what's going on? I was like, dude, I blacked out. I he goes, I I'm exactly that. where you, we were when you left. So we're good now. There's the, there's the AHAT thing kicking in right there, <laughs> right there. But I love it because it's so true. Like if you've never been in the food business and that happens, like you don't know what to do. And I've been in kitchens where we're mass producing food and we have a group of new employees that just got trained and something like that happens. And all of a sudden the whole production line comes to a stop. So it's just one of those things. I love the story. So what do you do? How do you rectify the situation or how do you fix the situation? Well, I stood there until Nick came back. <laughs> when Nick came back out, uh, you know, I say dad walked in and dad was like, all right, Hey, we got this. And we, we, you know, we, he got me back on track. He's like, all right, we got to cook the, you know, how, what do we have? We got two sandwiches and we got a pizza. All right, let's, you know, let's do this. And Nick got us back on track and we got him out. And I mean, that first, the first pizza we sold and I remember them coming back and they were like, Oh, this pizza was amazing. You know, we'll get another one. I mean, at that point I was just like, Hold holy crap, like, you know, someone bought our pizza, they liked it, and they're buying it again. To me, that was, I mean, it, I was just, I was like, I can't believe this is, like, happening. Even though it was just a simple garage sale, a simple, you know, we're just selling a pizza, but to me, it was just like, oh, my gosh, like, we're, it's happening, kind of. Yeah, so that, uh, that event that we did, and it was kind of like, well, well what are we you know, what are we doing here? Let's just, let's just try this. And after that event, we really looked at each other and we were like, huh, now I think we could really do something with this. You know, people like what we're doing. They like our product. Um, you know, we're getting good feedback. We were even getting people from like wedding venues, like, Hey, give us a call, you know, X, Y, Z. Mind you, we don't have a food license at this time. We don't have a plan of what we're actually doing. We both were trying to do absolutely everything. You know, we had two ovens set up on our opposite sides of the tent. We're both tossing dough. We're both saucing them. We're both cheesing them. And then my mind starts working. I'm like, okay, well, how do we streamline this process? And that Marty, you remember that moment right there was kind of like what solidified our roles in, in this, in this business as it is today. 
I was like, Marty was always, he, he liked tossing the dough and really liked making sure that the pizzas were, you know, perfectly round and, and all this stuff. And me having that background in restaurants, I was, I was good at cooking them and knowing when food was done just by touch, by sight. Um, so we really changed the dynamic and Marty more so handles like the dough and, and then I cook the pizzas and I finish the pizzas and serve them out to the customers. So that, well, that I think event, we need right, to anchor this is because Marty has said a few things. One is, is in his background, the thing that he liked was consistency and discipline and whatever. And I think that's because of maybe they not to touch back on the AHAD and I'm not a doctor, but I think routine in any situation in life is good, no matter what, and it solves most problems, okay? If you can find routines, if you can find discipline, you can find things that you're rewarded for that are tangible, like a lot of humans can get through life in that way, and that's what's what seems to be Marty's thing, like don't throw him a random cut your finger with a knife thing that goes out of scenario, but give him something that he can do and dominate in the back of the house, which is the food, which is interesting because you actually have the food background. Um, that's pretty cool because I think that that's your superpowers there, right? Like you're very creative, you're hands-on, you can break down processes. And Marty has a very, once he gets the detail down, and he understands it and the roundness and whatever, like he is inspired to get that quality there marty's definitely he's a he's a routine based guy like he likes his processes he likes it everything to be you know everything has its place and you know that type of thing me i'm kind of my mind just goes wild um i i look at the good the, the bad i take take from both of them um analyze what we did see how we can make it better. Cause that's what drives me. I just want to be better each time. So I, whether we have a good shift, a bad shift, whatever, I'm going to take that and I'm going to improve for tomorrow. You know, how many times have we, we changed our processes and you know, it, it, it went from, Oh yeah. Pizza could take five, six minutes to now we're throwing them out in what? 90 seconds, minute, yeah. minute and two minutes, something like that. And it's just wild now. The one thing that we're always doing is, especially you know nick is always thinking about is how can we make this better how can we be more efficient and you know we're always tweak we're always tweaking stuff i don't think without sacrificing quality exactly i don't think there's ever an event where we're we're always fun hey we always learn from every event and we get better every single time and that's i mean that definitely is a is the reason why i think you know, people just keep coming back, but people are always like, I mean, we just had a guy not too long ago where, you know, he kind of had a pizza from the beginning and the pizza now, and, and he's always very uh, consistent, but he said, every time I have your pizza, it's always better. And that's, that's the goal. That's what we're looking for. And, and I, and I think that's ultimately what everyone, there should be never like, this is good enough because one, you always have competition, whether even if it's against yourself and if you're not moving forward, you're definitely moving backwards. There is no stay in the same position. And so I like this philosophy a lot and I think it's important. Let's touch on how you get from a pop-up yard sale to a food truck, how you choose the food truck you guys choose. (laughs) Like why that and 
And we're obviously going to have to do a part two because there's a lot more to this and, and we're about 45 minutes in. So we'll we'll continue through this. I want to hear this, but I'm going to have to get you guys on a part two because there's so many other stories and, and depth in the pre-interview um, questions that we have to go through yet that we haven't even touched upon. So, but let's talk about the truck. Like, how do you get from pop-up yard sale, your working out processes to making the financial commitment, choosing the vehicle that you chose, and then moving forward? So from that, that first pop-up, that was really when we decided, yeah, we can, we can do this. So we stayed in our tent set up for, what would you say, Marty, like eight, eight months? Yeah, about, about eight months. Yeah. About eight months. Um, and it was, it was great, but you know, we obviously everybody dreams a little bit bigger and, um, I guess the truck came around because I am still a little kid at heart and love big trucks. Um, I was just, again, laying in bed, my mind's racing, not able to sleep, thinking about all the millions of things we can do with pizza. And we had just come up with our name and I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about, you know, what kind of truck could we do? Originally we were thinking about getting a trailer. Um, and I had always wanted one of these military trucks. So I just start looking around what's for sale. And I send a picture to Marty and I say, um, I think I figured out what our, what our truck can be. And he's like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Send him a picture of this truck. And he's like, Oh hell yeah. And just from then on, our, my mind was already set on, we're getting this military five ton. We're turning it into a pizza truck. I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm going to make it work. And we really wanted something different. I mean, that, there's plenty of pizza trucks out there, you know, pool behind trailers, tent setups, whatever. We wanted something that was exactly, you know, wow. Like, wh- what? You guys well, the sheer have a, size of the thing is just a wow factor. We've got kids just like running to this thing. Yes. And that was, I mean, when he sent me that picture, I mean, again, I had no idea how we were going to do this and how it was going to work, but my, I just went right to people are going to love this. And who doesn't want a big military truck, you know, I mean that and then it's in and of itself is awesome so yeah it's like a monster truck i love it and will you guys give them your uh instagram handle now or and where they can find you online because i think this is important i want everyone to look at your guys uh instagram follow you guys on instagram because i want you to see the vehicle that you guys chose because i think it's essential to your guys personality number one and number two if you have a really good product that's just the entry point in the game as an entrepreneur i keep telling everyone it's 10 percent when the food's good Right, You then have to figure out, what am I going to do? How am I going to sell it? What's showtime? How am I going to entertain these people? Because it's more about just food. And this is part of what your guys are doing. And I love that. And I'm going to go back to the mind racing thing, uh, Nick. If you knew like the how much sleep I probably have lacked in my life, like I now just get up and start typing stuff down like I'm or writing stuff in books. Like I'm really good at this, especially over the last few months of just starting to dump the information. I've done it historically my whole life, but I got a little off path when COVID and life I had to go work in my businesses so much again. And um 
but I've been there where you are and I do that as well. And it's interesting because I now do it with everyone around me. Like I can't help but think business and opportunity or growth, even if it's not to directly make me money. Like, and it's funny because I'll be out and I'll meet someone and then they'll say something or what they do. And I'm like, my mind's starting to go and you know, I'm very direct and I'm like, and so I'm asking questions and they're like, you know, I don't want to date you. I'm like, I don't want to date you either. I want to try to figure out how this, we can find entrepreneurial, um, solution here. And I will think about things like that nonstop. Like I can like have like four trains of thought going on at once. And the thing is, is that one of them will always be like, Oh my gosh, that person really said this. And while it's not so much about the person, it is about the idea they randomly just threw out there that may be able to be applied to some other part of my business and food, even though they didn't intend to give me advice, you know, because we need to look at things outside and outside. Marty's sort of outside perspective has, has complimented Nick's inside perspective of food. And then I would say Nick being just like, we're two peas in a pod, like the, the dream, the size, the showmanship, the the continuous way to organize things to get things forward and listen four months of doing r&d eight weeks in a tent to get into a truck like the reason that that's happening is because you guys built slowly and while everyone thinks four months is not slowly you were doing it every weekend at probably very committed rates that made your acceleration and growth rate pretty large then you had the neighborhood and everyone that bought into it in the tents and coming back for more which gave you the confidence to keep creating new stuff not sticking with it because they thought it was good but hey we can continue to do this better and and if we really stick to it there'll be more people coming right and then once they see the truck fuck it forget about it you know because it's like like now mommy daddy and everyone thinks it's the cool place to go right so, oh, yeah, hundred percent. So, talk to me about yeah, I, outfitting it, and or go ahead, Marty. I'll let you talk and comment on that first. No, I'm just uh, when we were in the tent setup. I mean, everyone, you know, kind of was like, "Yeah, I see what they're doing, and we're just gonna watch and see kind of how things play out." I think when when the whole truck idea came up. My wife and and other people were like, really? "What the why hell are you guys doing? Why why would you guys get that? Why don't you just get a, a a trailer or just buy a food truck that's already, you know, outfitted? Like, why God, would you guys do this? I love it. And it I means kept, you're on the right path. I love it when that happens. Go on. Exactly. And I just kept saying, like, I was trying to explain to my wife, it's not about, you know, we start a pizza business and we just want to make a truck or buy a truck and make pizzas. Like, it's not about that. It's about the vision that Nick had with, we can turn this into a pizza truck and this, no one has this out here. Where do you see a big military five ton driving around that literally is a food truck that sells great pizzas? Well, I mean, and, you don't and, see that. And here's the thing about this. When everyone's telling you, why are you doing this? Everyone does it this way. What is going on here? You're crazy. You're like, oh, no. There's something about this because I'm about to break all of your minds. Like, that's what I call a mind-breaking point because I'm about to take everyone on a journey a couple months from now that I'm about to break their mind. And you guys broke the mind. Like, you took you took something traditional. When I first saw it, it was literally like, oh, 
Like I had my own constructs in my own brain that I had that put food trucks in a certain category and trailer in a certain category. And I didn't think about it this way. And I've seen like one or two others that have taken certain other vehicles and do it. But it's, you're right. It's, it's 100% important to think about things this way. So how do you outfit this thing? So I, I agree with you. People are probably like, what the f- are you thinking? Yeah, we just want it to be different. I'll let Nick uh, speak on the, the outfitting of the truck. <laughs> well, I mean, 100%, like going back to what you said about people being like, what the hell are you guys doing? I mean, that's to me, that's what always fueled me. If you tell me I can't do something, that means I can absolutely do it. Um, so, you know, if somebody tells me I'm crazy, I'm like, I, I'm headed the right direction here. Um, and I had a, I had a mentor that was the exact same way. So, you know, he really pushed me to this mindset as well, but this truck, you know, as soon as Marty, you know, saw the thing and was like, Oh hell yeah. And then green lighted it. All I could think was military truck, military truck, military truck. And I, how many did I send you? I don't know, like oh 10, di- 10 different ads uh, on Facebook Marketplace. And I'm, I'm scouring the internet. I'm calling people. I'm all over the place. Um, we, went trying to a to... Bunch of, we went to a bunch of states and, and to look at a bunch. I mean, Nick went by himself a couple of times. We went together. and Yeah, we had, we had a handshake deal on one in like Southern Virginia that I was like, am I really going to drive this thing, you know, 300 miles back? ironically enough we find one in like upstate new york um that was one that i wasn't even considering because i originally thought it was out of our price range and i noticed that it was it was out there for a couple months and then i just emailed the guy and said hey will you take this he goes yes so what that that friday or saturday we're driving up and we get this truck and new york's this uh unique state that to get tags and titles you have to actually go to the dmv they can't just issue you a, a temporary one at the dealer and it wasn't really a car dealer it was more of a uh what would you say like a salvage yard kind of thing yeah um, you know. yeah so the guy had you know it was a junkyard but he also repaired cars and stuff like this and he was thinking about turning this truck into like some you know like container trash haul or something like that um well we get the thing no tags um weren't sure if the insurance went through because i never got the email confirmation and we're like screw it we're driving this thing back so it was a four-hour car ride up it took us about eight hours to get back um the whole time the one wheel's going flat we ended up stopping at a tractor supply rigging up our own airline to fill this thing off of the air tanks of the truck so we're stopping every hour and filling up this tire I'm getting beat the hell up. Marty's following me. It was it was an interesting trip home. Um, but outfitting the truck. <laughs> That's part of the story, though. Now now you have real blood, sweat, and tears in that thing from day one. Oh, yeah. Well, so outfitting the truck, it was, you know, I knew we wanted a prep cooler on it, and I knew we wanted this on it. And Can I pause you, know, you for a second, Nick? I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. I want to just talk about, I mean, you guys weren't childhood friends, but you're kind of childhood friends. And um, and the weird bond that happens like around that age when you meet and it's not business first is, and someone said this, I think on the previous episode actually that we did with uh, Try Eggless, um, um, 
try eggless uh try simply eggless and it's um the boyhood like bond when money's not involved and it's just like friends and you guys were friends before money was involved like there's a certain camaraderie that happens like oh someone gets a flat tire in the neighborhood all the friends want like want to ride their bikes together you do it together like you just get through the hardships as kids i think maybe particularly as boys but i don't know um i don't know for girls i can't speak i it just wasn't there were girls in my circle but it was generally boys so we were just like if there's a flat tire we got to fix it or if there's a problem and the ladder's broken on the tree for we got to build a new one you know and it's like that type of mentality so you're sort of taking the same mentality like any point in time you could have just abandoned the truck or any point in time you're like uh i'm not going to do this and i don't want to drive it you know there's a lot of people that i've seen actually do these type of things and then they abandon the truck and then fly home and it's a very weird thing so why didn't like what's the drive here obviously the friendship but you guys are really going through hell to get this truck i think both of us really just we're not we're not the type to just you know, lay over and, and just quit. I mean, we both knew what we wanted and it was, it was a heck of a struggle from getting the truck to finally, you know, using it. I mean, we, a lot of blood, sweat and tears, but we're both, we both have that mindset. I mean, you know, Nick, you can speak on it, but I, I'm not the type to just give up it, it takes a lot i mean i've never given up in my entire life and nick you know nick hasn't either if, as far as i'm concerned so i don't think that was even an option well, no i mean that didn't even cross my mind it was you know what's the one thing we always say marty adapt and overcome, adapt um, and overcome. so yeah i mean we're going up and Marty's looking at this truck and I've got more of a mechanical like mindset about me i've been wrenching on stuff my entire life um he does too but as far as like working on this thing i look at it and the thing's solid gold to me and you know in my vision and he's like well what about this well what about this i'm like i can fix it i can fix it it's fine it's going to be good and i'm like trying to describe this vision that i have in my head and i'm just so excited about it because it's the little boy in me you know getting to come out in real life and he's like all right i'm trusting you he's like i'm putting my faith in you that this is going to work and I'm like, I got you. I'm going to make sure it works. So we get the truck and, you know, we had to change tires on it. We repainted the whole thing. You know, mechanically, the thing was pretty solid, but we had to do some stuff that we've never done before. You know, I've never changed a 49 inch tire. Um, you know, we had everybody puts the starter fluid in the tires to, you know, expand them into the rim. Well, it was the first time we ever did that. So we're like catching stuff on fire. We burned Marty's beard off. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> I, I learned how to do it on the farm with the tractor tires. It's the coolest thing yeah. ever. Like, I don't know if anyone ever sees this, but YouTube it, you literally spray around the rim, you light it on fire and it blows up the tire onto the rim. It's the coolest thing ever. Uh, you can use it's, it's the coolest and scariest thing ever. Yes, it's yes. pretty scary. But uh, yeah. So, I mean, we did all that stuff. And still it was like, well, Marty's still trying to, to figure out these blueprints that are in my head that I know are going to work somehow. First of all, you do not want to go inside Nick's head, okay? That's <laughs> step one. Stay outside of Nick's head. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get lost. Um, but, you know, and then, and then it, was, it was the question of, okay, well, how do we outfit this thing and how's it going to work? I know Marty's like, well, how, how the hell are we going to get in the thing? 
And I'm like, I got it figured out. So we're going to get construction steps and we're going to do this. And he's like, okay, oh, all right. And he, you know, that was, that was the nice part. Marty was willing to, to take this trip with me because I just had this vision of how we could make it work. And he put his trust in me and I wasn't going to let him down. Yeah. I 100% like had no idea how this was going to play out. I mean, every step along the way, my, I'm a visual learner. I'm a visual type guy. So as I started to see the steps, I started to put the puzzle pieces together and I was like, Oh, okay. Now I'm starting to get this, but I 100% like <laughs> Nick. Okay, man. <laughs> like I leaned on him hard. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with I, I Nick's no mind is, and I get it because Nick has the mind where he's so far down the field where anyone else can be like I refer to it as an arrow because like as entrepreneurs that were that far in the vision we literally have to cut flesh because most people can't freaking see where we are like we're it's painful for everyone to try to even fathom where what's going on in our minds because it's just so advanced and um and and but what Nick's doing is he's able to break things down into micro steps to see the golden vision. Like he referred to it as like the Tonka truck or or the big truck. And like he's got this vision in his head. And unfortunately, like when you have a vision and you're a visionary person, you work on a visualization like at such a hyper level, which means he's not sleeping because Nick, Nick is a hyper visualization person. Like he can visualization something and then start to break it down. And he, and he can't sleep until he finds a solution to how this visualization is going to be possible. And so I understand that. And that's the thing is you're breaking down something that you see, like you can see it, but it's very hard to describe because there's so many pieces in order to get to that visualization. But in your mind so complicated because you've broken out all those pieces already and the ones you haven't broken out yet you're like oh when i get there i will figure out that one too and people are like well what are you going to do when you get there you're like i haven't got there yet and if i come to it i will deal with it when i get there but it's not time to deal with it yet let me do this one step first and let me stack this next step on top of it and that step on top of it so i can get to my vision a hundred percent and i think that kind of drives marty mad about me um but he also, you know, he's also there with me now. But, you know, when we were working up to it, he was just like, I don't even know what the hell you're doing. And I'm like, well, I do. Like, I, I get it in my mind. You know, one of my famous phrases um, that I used to say was, I got it. I got it. I got it. If somebody said, hey, we need to do this. I'm like, I got it. And I will just go and I will figure out my own steps and I will figure out how to achieve this goal. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, we built a we built our own pizza oven because it was more cost effective for us to do it that way. Was it the easier way? Absolutely not. Um, we welded the stand, we poured concrete, we you know we even built the outside of our pizza oven out of sheet metal, which is I wouldn't recommend anybody goes down that path ever again. But um, you know, we definitely took the harder road, but I think it was the more rewarding road. And I'm sure we'll get into, you know, our, our backgrounds, but, you know, the way Nick's mind works and the way my mind work are, are completely different. I'm a more of a, okay, I'm a planner. Uh, I want to, I got to, I want to lay everything out. I want to make sure everything's good and I want to put everything to a step and we're going to follow this A, B, C, D, E. And Nick's the complete opposite way. Nick's like, I'm okay. more of a visionary. I, I see 
10 steps ahead and work that way. Yep. He knew what the end product wanted to look like and he didn't really have any steps to lay it out, but he knew, he knew what he, what the end goal was and, and we got there and it's everything. I mean, I, it's everything that I dreamed of it and it's, it works great. And I mean, we love it and people love it. And you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's awesome. I'm going to pause us here, guys. Um, will you tell us again where we can f- they can find you on Instagram or online? Um, and um, yeah, and so sort of if you guys uh, have personal uh, Instagram accounts that you have publicly, you can share those as well. Um, and where they might find your like rotation or wh- however you guys do that um, as well. Yeah, so our, uh, our Instagram is uh, at Rogue Woodfire Pizza Company or rogue Woodfire pizza co um same on facebook um personally i don't really have anything i know marty doesn't either it's mainly just the business for us um no website yet but we always do post when we have events we try to post our schedule on there um as early as possible um i don't know if we we mentioned this too but we actually both work full-time jobs as well um so this is our this is like our side passion project um so which i'm sure we can get into uh, yeah and i and i just want to say this like i was up in pennsylvania because my grandmother's older and um and i wanted to spend some time with her since i had some time like right around new year's and i was recording some podcasts up in new york city um with jesse spellman and and um and a group up there and like someone literally that I ran into that I was talking about that I did this podcast like shows me a photo on their phone of your truck and I was up in Allentown yeah and that's how it that's how like that's how the conversation started or a reel you guys did or something I don't remember what it was or maybe they had it and that's that's how the whole conversation actually where I was like, Oh, I'm going to go on Instagram and look these guys up. And I looked you guys up and I got sidetracked and I never reached out like, and then a couple of days went by and like, I think like an ad came in or it, you guys popped back up cause I had been on your site before and had been looking you up. I'm not sure how the algorithms work, but I was like, Holy crap. Like this is a really interesting concept. And I actually started digging into the Instagram a little more and I just, I'm so impressed with what you guys are doing in such a short period of time. And you're doing something where the social media and stuff and the, the website, they will follow. But what you're doing first is you're building the proper things. You're building the pizza properly. Like, why go start marketing the thing out of a truck until you're absolutely ready to go to market and you guys have it down and you both still have jobs, right? So at some point, you're going to figure out, is this thing full-time or not once the business starts taking off? So there's things like that as well. So I would say you're probably doing the right thing. Um and you have a unique truck that what we're finding in the food business is even if someone can't geographically get to the thing, if you do something different and it's cool, people are sharing it. Reels, um, that's the big thing now. So we'll see what happens. But 
I appreciate yeah, that's, you guys. That's wild. I was wondering yeah. how you found us or like what that backstory was. So that's that's really cool. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. I mean, a lot of it. I just dig through Instagram and I dig through like once I find a good entrepreneur like in an area. Like generally, for some reason, they're surrounded by other entrepreneurs that are generally good entrepreneurs in terms of wanting to spread positivity and be well-rounded humans and do what we do on this podcast that's not every food entrepreneur just so we're clear on that it's very few and far between that understand that it's not only about the money um it's about the tonka truck i mean to lack (laughs) of a better term and it's about you know tweaking the recipes um you know little by little like you talked about before not taking leaps and bounds there's like little things that you guys have learned and done that just make you guys so great you know and you've learned from each other and i would say that marty's systems and ability to capture steps are going to be needed to expand your business you're going to need that for standard operating procedures you're going to need that to train people down the road you're going to need that because like while nick's out creating new things marty's going to have to capture them and document them and make sure the other people can be trained on them so I think that that's probably really the two of your superpower right there is Nick's ability to blaze a trail and Marty's ability to think in ways that give it discipline, consistency, and people with determination can function within that environment. You know? Yeah, 100%. I I wholeheartedly agree with those statements. Yeah, and you guys are really freaking cool guys. And, And so... I'm going to give a little more time and we're going to do a part two, but let's end it with this. I would normally go into multiple core values and we'll go into that the next episode, but can you name one about each other that you really admire about the other person that you yourself don't have? Um, I think Marty, it's just it's passion for him. Um, I mean, I've got passion in me as well, but Marty just exudes passion in pretty much everything he does. He, he's got an emotional connection to everything he does. And, uh, I think, I think that alone is a driving force in who he is. Yeah. For Nick, that's an easy one. It's his, uh, it's his leadership. I mean, he's a very, uh, you know, like he said, his inside of his head is uh, things are going crazy, but he's a good teacher and you know he's a good leader and you know throughout all this from to where we are right now from where we started uh when when nick has to take the time to say you know i'll ask questions all the time like hey why why is it like this he will explain it to you and say this is why we're doing it and do you you know do you understand why we're doing it now and and he's very open mind uh when it comes to comes to that so very cool. Thank you guys. For anyone listening in, you can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at Just the Food Entrepreneurs. If you want to be on the show, you can DM us or there's a phone number on our Instagram at Just the Food Entrepreneurs. You can text that phone number and we can start talking about interviews or whether you can be um, a guest on the show. Um, and what your schedule is looking like. So there's all those things. If you have questions for the entrepreneurs, again, DM them or text the phone number and I will integrate them into the podcast as we have them because I know people have questions about certain areas and I will just ask them of the entrepreneurs. So 
Or if you hear an episode and you'd like me to ask them next time or a part two or a part three, I can do that as well. So thank you everyone for listening in. I love all of you guys. I really appreciate everyone listening in. If you're listening to this episode and you're a fan or a friend of the guest interviewees, you want to leave a comment a good comment and you want to rate the episode high because that helps them get heard more. That's just the way the algorithms work, guys. The more comments, the more things, the better the episode does for them and obviously for the podcast. I'm not going to hide behind it. The whole reason we push is we want the podcast to do better. We want their messages to be heard and we want their businesses to do well because these entrepreneurs matter. They're doing the right thing by even coming on the podcast and not just trying to pitch their food, telling their stories. They're giving hope and inspiration to other people no different than marty talked about like he saw other people have things the hvac company he believed it was possible for him now he has to go pay it back because someone paid it to him he's paying it forward to the next person that's why he came on the podcast that's why they're doing this they're paying it forward so thank you guys i really appreciate i love you guys and your story like we're gonna be like friends i can tell and you're gonna fit right into the entrepreneurial circles. I'm going to connect you with a bunch of entrepreneurs in the group as well that have been on the podcast and um, we'll go from there. So um, Nick and Marty, uh, will you close us out one more time with where they can find you guys on Instagram? And um, thank you again. Yeah, Instagram and Facebook at Rogue Woodfire Pizza Co. R-O-G-U-E, Woodfire Pizza Co. And we're out.